Hello, literary listeners. Yes, we're back for one of those intro things we do. <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so we just wanted to tell you guys that coming out this week, along with this episode, is a collab episode we did with the hey. love. <laughs> I know, right? Like, look at us collabing, making new friends. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this friend was super dope. Her name is Emily, and she is the host of Fuck Boys of Literature, which discusses <laughs> basically, honestly, the patriarchy dismantling it and other mm. oppressive forces in classical literature. Mm. She's very fun. She's super dope. I, we really liked her. We had a great conversation mm-hmm. about A Streetcar Named Desire by Tennessee Williams, who is not a black man, but he is queer. <laughs> um, Akko definitely mistook, mistook, made this mistake, but you won't have to. When you listen to our episode where we discuss both the play and the movie with Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. who does more than scream Stella, we were surprised as well. I truly didn't know hours. that. Until, honestly, I, th- I, th- I literally just thought we were just screaming Stella for two hours, but uh, apparently there's more that happens there. So Yeah, so there you go, y'all. So when you get the chance, give it a listen. And um, Marcy, anything else to add? No, I mean, honestly, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, the conversation, we had this really interesting discussion just around the construction of whiteness um, mm-hmm. and, like, the solidification of whiteness, like, through that lens of Streetcar Named Desire. High key, didn't expect the conversation to go in that direction. We <laughs> talked about, like, you know, sort of, like, white femininity and, like, how that kind of can... And, and how that can position itself in various communities. It was just, it was very, mm-hmm. very interesting. So definitely, definitely check it out. It was certainly right. one of my favorite discussions by far. Um, Emily's also dope as fuck. So yeah, absolutely check out her show as well. Um, and yeah, so yeah. I guess, yeah, just without any further ado, we'll hop into this episode. So <laughs> see you on a bit. Woo! Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. Oh, and welcome to the Colored Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yes, colorful backgrounds. Y'all know what it is. And this is actually mm-hmm. the second half of the last book of the season, right before our summer shorts. Oh my God. I know. How the fuck? I know. Oh, wow. Okay. Shit. Okay. Yeah. So today we'll be finishing my pick, the Afro-fantasy novel Kingdom of Souls by Raina Barron. And I mean, y'all get ready for it because basically we read three books and the second half of one book. So like... (laughs) (laughs) Y'all... When I tell y'all, if you are in a car, buckle up. If you are not in a car, buckle up. Like when I tell you, it is... I read, we read five books in the span of what, 250 pages? Like, it was just, there is just so. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, there, the amount of times this has happened where I was literally looking at the page and genuinely confused about it so few times. (laughs) This time I was like, now I know that we can't be at another plot point. We got like 15 pages left. It just, it truly, and it's wild because it's a trilogy. I was like, it's a trilogy. I was like, we we had time. Like we had time with two other, two, two coming after this. We could have, anyway, we got to talk about it, but um, yeah, y'all, it's like, actually, I'm like extremely excited to talk about it because it is, 
utterly wild truly right. bananas up in here so you know when you like are about to get on a roller coaster and they're like put your hands and feet inside of the vehicle and then you're like the anticipation that it happens you get back to the end and you're like what just happened that's this book that's um, literally this book um so buckle yes yeah, so y'all we yeah whew, yeah get ready y'all because oh my gosh so but before we get to the summary i have a question Ooh. Okay. <laughs> what is your question? <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, we're surprised. You have a question? Are you sure? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, it's what, the 48th question at this point? <laughs> Honestly, I'm, sometimes I shock myself. I'm like, am I going to be able to think of another one? Somehow always. No, do. A for originality, honestly. Because I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I mean, right. I could ask you. You got it. <laughs> you, you good? You got- I'll write like a, mm, okay. a, a trivia book. <laughs> it will be like me um, not doing shit, not <laughs> contributing at all. No, you so. do, Marzi. You contribute because I always ask you the questions first, and you have to spontaneously respond. So, speaking of mm-hmm. asking you the question first, in this book, there are multiple types of villains. And mm-hmm. if you were a villain, I know you often think about being a villain, even though you're a kind-hearted person. What would be? <sighs> Unfortunately. <laughs> damn <laughs> like <laughs> damn damn yeah so. um but if you were a villain what would be your motivation oh mm-hmm. oh see i love this oh not oh i love this question oh yes i do okay so there's a whole conversation that we can't have slash i'm sure we have had about like just queer coding and villainy mm. and like why that's a like something that i find myself like at least in fictional mediums like kind of like attracted to that's a whole conversation but um as a villain i feel like i oh my god i love this question i have oh my god so many thoughts okay so as far as motivations sure because you asked about motivations you didn't ask what my aesthetic would be so why am i thinking about that (laughs) so as far as my motivation i feel like i'd be the type of villain because I, I love when I see this in, in, in villainous portrayals, like, right now in media, so I would love to see myself emulate it in this way. I feel mm. like I'd be the type of villain that, like, uncovers some shit that, like, nobody else knows about. Oh. Like, I feel like I'd be the type of villain where, like, say, you know, we live in a, in a world where XYZ is assumed to be true. I have a piece of information that just completely flips everything on its head. Mm. And I'm, like, coming out for vengeance, in a way. Like, I, like I think about... um. Like, there was actually a game I played, not recently, but, like, a couple years ago, where basically there was a world where there were... Hum- I think I actually talked about it on the podcast, um, Tales of Legendia. There was a there was basically a world where, like, there were humans, and then there was also a race of... I mean, I guess they were more humanoid. They were called fairness. And basically, the idea was that, oh, like, humans are virtuous, fairness are, like, morally mm. questionable, blah, 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 blah. But there was, like, this whole secret of... Like, there was, like, the secret history of, like, genocide and oppression and colonization that the humans imparted onto the fairness. And so, like, when a fairness rose up trying to take over and like get back at humans like humans were like what we're we're good and then they were like you're actually not good because y'all actually killed everybody i feel like that w- i feel like i'd be that type of villain like the type of villain where it's like i like the like my motivation is very sound like maybe it's one for like vengeance or accountability or something something that forces people to reckon with like a part of themselves or part of their history that they're really unwilling to acknowledge and like mm. i'm really raising up and being like you actually don't have a choice because i'm actually uh, I'll see. I'll just 
Okay, so if I don't make any noise, y'all just gonna ignore me. So I'm just right. gonna make a lot of noise and make and y- y'all just gonna have to do something about my ass because I'm not y'all <laughs> ain't gonna sit here and just keep doing this bullshit. So I feel like that would be kind of my energy. Um, so I think the motivation would not be one of like oh conquest or power or whatever. I think it would be one of like accountability and like mm. the like 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 a forced reckoning or like being like you know I, I I'm witnessing like injustice or inequity and like I'm gonna do anything to make sure that like that's not happening even if i take it a step too far Mm. so i feel like that would probably be my motivation if i were a villain also too if i was a villain i just when i tell you y'all couldn't catch me for shit when i'd be be elusive in these i'd be like i'd be like seeping through walls and shit i'd be the type of motherfucker that like y'all just like like i just like i just come out like it's just it's like foggy outside and there i am just bam just right there and they're like wait what the fuck Marcy just <laughs> appeared on the other like literally I would be just the most slithery like y'all be like where is like GPS would be like girl we have no idea where is the like I just will sh- pop up and just be like y'all just can never catch me and I feel, I feel like I'd be the type of person that just like it'd be a whole team of motherfuckers versus me right. like literally the entire group versus me and I'm literally single handedly holding my own I feel like that'd be my whole energy I'm like fuck a squad I got it um, like, like, actually no just kidding I feel like me with a squad would actually also be really cute but um, for this <laughs> particular question I see myself being very like powerful and tactical and just like kind of using a lot of like a mixture of like magical and also mundane like mm. foresight I would come in with a complete plan I'd be like oh before I raise anything I'm gonna have I'm gonna have steps one through 87 mapped out. out and sub parts for each of those steps <laughs> in case anything comes like I would just be like a tactical like Mama's thinking eight steps in the future type of bitch. Like, I'm I feel like dead. that's going to be my whole thing. But anyway, I'm, yeah, so that's <laughs> that's kind of my <laughs> motivation slash how I think go about it. But, um, but yeah, what about you? First of all, I love that it's like you open up Marcy's villain Google Doc and it's immaculate. It's like title, <laughs> header, subsection one, <laughs> plan one, subsection The outline two. is 400 pages long. Right. right. <laughs> Page 200, there's a betrayal. You get like some of the allies to betray their team for you. Anyway. Exactly. Um, but also, I, I think you make a really good point about who is seen as a villain in a narrative, right? Because Mm -hmm. in a lot of stories where someone is a villain, they could very well be a hero changing if you change the paradigm. And I think an interesting, and you know, people talk about this a lot when they rewrite fairy tales or rewrite stories to add nuance to a character. But it's so Mm -hmm. interesting, your point about in the story, the most villainous people almost, um, not absolve, um, co-opt co-opt the language of virtue as of the mm. le- and, and it's interesting because it's almost the last and most villainous thing you could do is absolve yourself of any of the pain or introspection of your mm. villainous behavior so to say not only did we commit a genocide but then to project the villainy on the people and what you've done the harm to and then exactly. erase your own villainy to call yourselves virtual, virtuous, right. not virtual, virtuous is <laughs> in itself heinous and cowardly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it's, and there's so much in, well, we're in the United States, but there's so much of U.S. history in which this exact action is taken. Um, right. And in fact, it might be the last most powerful thing an empire does is to erase their villainy from the story. Right. 
So that's really interesting that you say your most villainous self would be, <laughs> and in fact, to bring to light the villainy of others, right? Right. Um, and it's, yeah, th- well, thank you for saying that. And, and I guess for me, the idea of like bringing that to light in itself is not villainous, but I think, I guess for the sake of like a narrative, <laughs> maybe I'd be the one to be like, that's the motivation, but it like kind of spirals out of control. Or maybe like the way in which it's done is like, okay, a little, a little much. <laughs> maybe we didn't need to do all that. Mm. Um, but the motivation is still a very sound one. Um, that's so interesting that you say that. So then... There is a villainy in the means in which we do things. Um, The Mm. extremeness, perhaps, in which we accomplish something. Interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah, kind of like a Killmonger energy, basically. Um, Yeah. When I think about it. Yeah. So, Mm. yeah. And is it villainous because... Interesting. It's so interesting because I do think villains will are almost doing something heroic in that they no, that's not a lot of villains are just villains. But mm-hmm. <laughs> there there's to, to nuance the idea, heroic in the sense that they are willing to be the bad person in the situation. They are willing to take the full front of the consequences and to someone else be a villain. You know what I mean? Whereas the virtuous yeah. person is terrified of the consequence of making a hard decision. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting. The dichotomy between a villain and a hero are almost non-existent. And, and in some ways switched. <laughs> yeah. Um, that being said, <laughs> some actions are just <laughs> heinous. Um, yeah. Yours is very beautiful. Mine is a lot more chaotic. I think if I were <laughs> a villain, I, I, I think I have Aphia energy, this very Suwakong energy, this very chaotic neutral, which is mm-hmm. I'm just going to do whatever it is that I want to do at any given time mm. because I want to. Um, and not for power, <laughs> not really for anything, <laughs> just as an ex- almost exploratory experience. <laughs> like, I think mm. my motivations would be for the love of it, <laughs> for for the why not of it. Um, oh, I love that, actually. Yeah. I And I think that I, I tend to relate to characters like that in stories. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's positive examples. Goku from Dragon Ball Z is very much a chaotic, he's more a chaotic neutral. I guess he's kind mm-hmm. of chaotic g- good. To be honest, Krillin is what makes him chaotic good. He himself, Krillin's the one um, with the horns? Krillin is the one who's bald. Is that? The, no, that's not Piccolo. Piccolo's the green one. Piccolo's the green Krillin one. Krillin. He's like this. Is... He, he's his best friend when, from when they're growing up. He meets him. And then... Krillin is like the first human. (laughs) He's he's not the first human. He's like the strongest human in their group. I guess there's Yamcha and I guess there's Tien, but I would say Krillin. Wasn't Frieza the strongest? Frieza is a villain. (laughs) 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 Oh, Krillin! Oh, Krillin! Okay. Anyway, and he he gets killed, and that's why why Goku becomes a Super Saiyan because Krillin is actually the heart of the first saga, I guess, the first half of the mm. show, which you realize after he's murdered. Okay, this is not the point. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, do I you want to do it? <laughs> no, but um, 
Okay, anyway, but I do think there's just something fun about that character who seems kind of outside of any social structure or any political entity. They just do things for the love of it. Um, Mm. And I think that's fun. They're also very dangerous because you can't appeal to them in any way. You know, if someone's just doing something for the why not of it, there's not much you can argue with them. There's no appeal to their... Like for you, right? If you're your villain, I could appeal to your to your reason like if you were like you know this group of people committed a massive offense against another group of people and i want to bring that to Mm -hmm. light then if i came up to you as the good guy and was like actually my people were also harmed by this other thing you might think twice about you might relent you know in some capacity Mm. but if you're like if if someone who's chaotic neutral shows up and they're like actually (laughs) my family was also hurt by this offense it's like cool 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 (laughs) Mm. Cool. You know, eats a bag of chips, keeps going. Um, <laughs> so, but I also, <laughs> I also think villainy tells us a lot about ourselves. It, what we choose, mm. what we, what we see as our type of villainy, our motivation for villainy, tells us a mm. little bit about the type of people we are. Um, yeah. Which, and on the flip side, right, I think the flip side of this chaotic neutral is that I value my autonomy and freedom above all things. Mm. Um, probably excessively so. Um, and just like the unpredictability of that and how that's like innately seen as threatening. Right, exactly. That's so interesting. And how if used without respect for other people's, it is dangerous, right? Mm. And that, that tells yeah. me about both what I, both what I um, value and both about what my fallacies are. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, especially if it's like, it's like, why are you doing this? And it's like, because I just wanted to. <laughs> just wanted It's like, to. that's so, like, yeah. what the fuck do you do with that? Nothing. Like, what do you do with that? <laughs> You're like, yeah. okay, well, damn. Like, I mean, shit. Like okay right <laughs> well, we, want, we want you not to do this like the fact like how, like where do we land here um right the original and it's almost something oh sorry no continue and it's just like there's something almost like just more haunting about that it's mm-hmm. like it's like oh you just did this because you just could mm-hmm. you could you just chose to do this like there's like i mean the reason is just like oh, i just want to do this i just did it like that's it's almost inhuman you know it's exactly almost... yeah, yeah truly there's no vengeance. You're like, were you, were you angry? No. Did you want revenge? No. Did you love someone? No. I just did it. Yeah. But, um. And it, to, to, to be able to just like move on, like just as quickly would also just be like, what the fuck? Like, right. Feel, oh my God. Devoid yeah. of consequence. Um, mm. But yeah. I think there's huh. a there's a deep loneliness though in that because in in, oh, definitely. in responsibility for other people is in fact the meaning to life. I think that that in particular there's a um a meaninglessness to it that would be yeah difficult to overcome. Yeah, I feel like that's just like a hunger there that like would never be satiated. Mm, like it's just like yes, yeah. You just it's like you just you 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 like sow these seeds of chaos and then well, then what you know you just and it's also interesting too because simultaneously like you're doing things because you want to but at the same time like the things you want to do still involve other people Mm -hmm. or like other people that you could ostensibly build relationships with so it's not like it's even like your own 
like it's not like you're just left to your own devices doing things that only affect you. It's like exactly. you still it's like you both need others but are also deeply isolated from them at the same time. It's yeah. like this constant interaction with other people, but like in a really isolating way that you can never actually forge any connections with them. Which right. in itself might exacerbate the desire to do it again because you don't feel any connection to them at all. Exactly. That is Huh. I know. Yeah. And then also Okay, I'll go. <laughs> well, there's that also makes me think that um I had a thought and now it's gone out of my head. Take your time. Oh, yes. Um, if truly it's, there's no motivation behind which I guess there is a motivation behind it, that, <laughs> I guess to see the world burn. But <laughs> if it was, tr- what the fuck? <laughs> if it was truly like a neutral, right? You could also ostensibly do nothing, which maybe that would be it, right? At, at other times, perhaps my villainous character would also just do nothing because they don't mm. want to. And so it's like, maybe you could go eons in which the, <laughs> I do nothing. And then one day I'm like, mm. mm, kind of feel like creating a whole world. Okay. Kind of feel like destroying mm. the whole thing. You know, it's so interesting because it, it would be a villainy because it would be unpredictable. There would be mm. no redress. It would just be a whim. Um, and it kind of right- feels like... Sorry. No, if and you're right. If 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 you are not beholden to anyone, there's a a deep loneliness because to never be consistent means to have no restraint, and to have no restraint means no one can ever trust you. Right. Yeah. It almost feels like the personification of like I don't know the weather or like yes, you know these natural disasters and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Right. Like, why did the volcano erupt? Because it did. Because it just did. Yeah. And now it's not. I wonder if it's, it's a... like, what? That's so interesting <laughs> that you say that. Because there's a, clearly a logic to... Interesting. Interesting. All right. Because it's like... Because even... Oh, sorry. No, continue. Because even like with the weather and stuff, it's like, I mean, all of this happens like in concert. So it's like, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. there are times where it's like, okay, well, the shit is being destroyed and like, what the fuck? All these like horrible disasters. But at the same time, like it still feels like it's a part of something. Like it doesn't feel completely random. Whereas what you're describing still, it like mimics maybe that same sort of like ebb and flow of like activity than inactivity and just almost like the unpredictability of it. But at the same time, subtracting the like Mm. bigger symphony that this all exists within. It's just like, you're just doing it, but you're not part of anything else at the same time. That's a really good point. But yeah, it just seems even, it it still feels distinct in that way, but maybe borrows a lot from it. You make a really good point. It, it, weather still happens in concert. Like an earthquake happens in response to be this type of chaotic neutral. It's just, yeah. The question is, I guess I haven't really stated a motivation, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Um, mm. All right. Do we want to do the summary? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, that's where you're leaving us? That, oh, 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 so I was going to leave. Y'all was going to take a break. And we are. So, yes, we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to get into part two of Kingdom of Souls. And again, y'all, buckle up. Take some motion sickness I'm medication dead. if you got to because <laughs> it is. Whew! We going. Okay. See y'all in a bit. <laughs> So, 
Yes. So I know we're like hyping it. We're like, oh my God, Kingdom of the is so wild. So yeah, so we're going to talk about it now. <laughs> we're going to talk about <laughs> what happens in part two. Um, just for context, we did not have any predictions from the last episode. And even if we did, none of them would have been true at all. Truly would not have God. been correct. <sighs> so <laughs> yes. So last time where we left off. Ara and Rujek were like fighting these like hench people because like the temple was on fire and they're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, girl, that temple. And then Ara like melted somebody's face and it was like, holy yeah. shit. Um, so the person whose face melted kind of just like faded into obscurity. That bitch really <laughs> never came up again. But basically next what happens is that Rujek and Ara do eventually make it to the burning temple um, and break in basically with the whole kingdom. Like it was right. Ara, Rujek and the whole <laughs> ass kingdom. Um, they were like, two guards on duty and they were like yeah not really a match so they get there and okay how do i explain this okay so they got to the temple and i feel like the temple itself was fine but the part that had the hall of orishas that part was burned down yeah it was yeah and i yeah. think all the viseers <laughs> yeah and all the viseers <laughs> like <laughs> like henchmen or whatever were like injured and yeah yeah Okay, perfect. So basically, so they all get there. It's like basically the whole book. Um, and the vizier's there. And Artie's also there. And the vizier's like, the the temple has burned because of Artie. And mind you, Artie <laughs> and vizier, they hate each other. Um, mm. And like the vizier's looking at Artie like, so Artie, do you have anything to say for yourself? And Artie just kind of like sneezed and just sort of like lazily shifted from side to side. Like didn't really respond <laughs> or give a shit. And like the vizier was so irritated that he was like, you know what? Artie, you are banished and everyone was like oh and Ara was like oh girl that's wild oh Artie oh not to be banished girl that's embarrassing sorry like, oh no um and Artie's like yeah girl that's fine and then the vizier's like okay we gotta up this take up, up the sticks up the sticks how do we make this more petty <laughs> and so then his like internal chorus of like lawyers was like okay how do we make this worse he's like actually you know what Artie you're not the only one banished your whole fucking family is banished too which includes Ara by the way who's in love with Rujek who's also there and so Ara's like, wait, 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 me being banished, which me? mind you, I gotta, I, I just, my heart goes out to Ara. Her soul got put up for bed, mm-hmm. being banished for some shit her mom oh, did. Yeah. It's just a mess. So basically, they're like, yeah, girl, your whole family gotta go. So Ara, Oshi, RT, Tara, Nezi, who I don't fully, I don't really know who the they're all like, they all who? work who? in, um, in Ara's house, or I guess Artie's yes. house. Yeah. Thank you. Because I was like, who the fuck is Nezzy? Because Nezzy keep calling. I was like, who is this? Anyway, so yeah. yeah so basically and all of them get, you know, they have to like. Weren't they also name? manipulated by the old Vasir? I think he also did some psychological stuff to them. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. So all of them are banished. Ruchek and friends are obviously devastated. Um, <laughs> so that kind of like ends that love triangle for, well, not love triangle, that like love plot for a second so at this point yeah so they like get on a ship they're banished um while being banished rt and ara like find a time to chat i guess um and so like <laughs> essentially like rt cereal kind of, on like the boat yeah and ara's like girl i really got nobody else to talk to so rt like what's tea like what you doing girl um and rt basically <laughs> just goes into this whole thing about how like so apparently when rujek was born like rujek's mama like came to rt and was like you know asking about like their futures and all of that and Artie was like, I mean, I could read the future low key. So, you know, I'd tell, I'd tell him the future. And Ara's like, so uh, what were their futures? And so Artie basically was like, yeah, like I predicted that Rujek's brothers would like kind of fall to this rite of passage thing. And that, you know, some shit would like happen to Rujek later in his life. 
And R was like, wow, so you're really just going to like hide the ball from me, huh? And Archie's like, yeah, girl, I mean, are you, you, trying, you trying to get this ball? What's up? And then R was like, girl, can you just tell me what, what's going to happen to Rujek in his life? Because like, he's alive and that's the one I care about. And Archie's like, yeah, he's going to die in the Dark Forest. Mind you, the Dark Forest is like where I think Oshi went to get like the oxtail from part one. Yes. Um, if yeah. I remember. So Archie kind of says all this nonchalantly. Ara obviously is like disgusted and devastated. And it's like, girl, we're being banished. Like Archie's still trying to like summon the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like we got to figure something out. So she's like, okay, let me just write to my grandmother. Who's the uh, Also, doesn't Artie like admit that she actually doesn't have power. She just like used reverse psychology to like. I think so. Yeah. Which but then I was like. Back to the question. That... How did you have such an oddly specific prediction? Right. And then also, how does that apply to Rudrick if it was just reverse psychology? Okay. Anyway. I don't, I just don't get it. So basically, you know, so, so reminder for everyone. So Aro's grandmother on her dad's side, that's, um, she's like the grand chieftain of mm-hmm. one of the tribes. And so basically Aro's like, okay, look, so we're being banished. I don't know what the fuck's going on with RT. It's all very weird. If I can write to my grandmother, maybe she can get us out of this situation. So she right. tries to write to her grandmother. Mind you, it's weird because like, Ara has this, like, curse mark that has, like, like, demon magic and shit on her. So, like, she tried to write a letter, but ended up just drawing a bunch of circles on a, on a piece of paper. It was actually mm-hmm. kind of, like, haunting and, like, wild. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so it's all just kind of, like, a lot. So eventually, they're on this boat. All of them, Artie, Ara, Oshi, all of them, get to a place called Kefu. Now, the way that Kefu operates is very strange. It's, like, just generally a very depressing and, like, weird fucking place. Like, there are people that live there, but they all kind of seem, like, out of it in a way and mm-hmm. also the way time is set up like it's super it's it's like very malleable so like yeah a year can go by in like three seconds or three seconds can go by over the course of a year like time yep. never really feels consistent and so they get there and Ara's like this is wild um and so while she's there there's so the What's oh my god? Which Orisha was the Moon Orisha? Corey, the one from yes. like part one. Yeah. So Corey's there, of course. And basically does this, like, huge exposition to him and tells Aura <laughs> that, like, she's like, yeah, like, you know, te- so, because Aura was like, so, you know, my mom's trying to summon the Demon King, like, girl, what the fuck is going on, blah, blah, blah. And Corey's like, yeah, you know, like, we kind of told y'all that we, like, sealed away the demons, <laughs> but we, like, lo- we didn't, like, actually kill them. We just kind of, like, stuffed them all in Kefu. And Ara's like, wait, the same Kefu I'm in right now? And she's like, yeah, yeah. just kind of like trapped all the <laughs> demons here. Um, and you're like, how have people been worshipping you guys like, for like... I feel like that's a piece of information that we should have known. So the demons, so Ara's like, so the demons are alive. Mm-hmm. And, Kef- and Corey's like, yeah. And Ara's like, so the, so, so this... So the lady across the street selling XYZ, that's a demon? She's like, yep. He's like, so this person over here? She's like, yep. And he's like, wait, is that baby? Yep. He's like, so I'm just surrounded by demons. And Corey's like, yep. And Ara's like, y'all are with... Okay. I'm, you know what? Okay. So, a mess. And so basically, so so Cora not only says that, but she also says that um, she has an antidote to RT's curse that she gave to Ara. Yeah. So Ara's like, girl, give me that damn antidote. Like, I'm going to eat that shit expeditiously. So she hands her the antidote. So at this point, Corey kind of leaves and like Ara, RT, all of them, they make their way to, towards like where they're staying. And mind you, because time is so weird, by the time they get there, RT, who, by the way, is pregnant. I'm not sure if I said that. For context, in part one, that's what happened with Oshi and I think some demon henchman like impregnated her because they're going to birth yeah. a demon human. Yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, Akko. But it's also, like, really convenient that the vizier sent them to, like, Demon World. That's where he banished them. And you're like, you right. could have chosen literally any other... Okay. 
Oh, okay. So by the time they get there, basically at this point, Artie's like ready to give birth. Like she's like mm-hmm. super pregnant. And everyone's like, wow, this is interesting. And Tara, who is like Ara's friend, is like, yeah, that's kind of kind of strange but um i guess whatever <laughs> so the two of them kind of form a little alliance they're like girl we got to kind of stick together because there's a mm-hmm. lot of shit going on in kefu we surrounded by demons and shit girl like what the fuck is going on so at this point so luckily because of Artie's pregnancy it, it appears that as her pregnancy advances the curse over ara like kind of wanes its control so ara mm. kind of has more ability to like go against her mother and like you know really try to like you know set herself free from this curse which is basically what she does she like does this whole ritual she like releases the curse from herself the scene was wild like literally the sky opened up and like all types of shit fell it was like a lot going on so yeah. we'll just kind of save you those details all y'all need to know is that Ara was cursed no longer cursed look at god so but she still has demon magic yes yeah so but the curse is that's gone. the thing so she can say what happened with her mother although it doesn't really come up but anyway yeah so Ara releases herself from the curse. She like went to the desert and shit to do that. She comes back. So oh, wait. at this point, yeah. Marcy, didn't she also trade more of her life to do that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she also, so now yeah. she's got like 20, I don't know, 30 years traded. Like <laughs> at this yeah, like honestly, Ara just giving away her life like fucking Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Like literally just <laughs> her life and just she's just giving that shit away left and right. I literally forgot to mention it. I was like, oh yeah, Ara gave away more of her life. Like I don't know. Like I, it's like the eighth time it's happened at this point. Um but Ara's like still here kicking. So I'm like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it'll right. book, in book two. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um but yeah, so that's the thing. But basically, yeah, so after all this happens, Ara ends up going back to her house. She's like, who curse free? Like we love to see it. And um at this point, she now has a younger sister named Afia. Mm-hmm. Now, Afia is because of the whole demon scheme or whatever is half human, half demon, and like, and also too, you know, there's the whole Hecka magic piece that happened in part one. So at this point, Afia is essentially Artie's tool to summon the demon king. That's essentially mm-hmm. her like plot significance right now, and so. The thing with Afia is that she, like, is sweet at first, but she ages fast as fuck. Like, one day she's, yeah. like, a, like, a baby. The next day she's, like, eight. The next day she's, like, 15. Like, she <laughs> ages super quickly. And the thing is that, like, Afia at first is, like, really, really nice. R actually kind of feels bad for her because RT's very much, like, summon the Demon King. Where is the Demon King? Like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, Afia's, like, girl, I'm, like three like can you leave me alone right like, what? barely um <laughs> so like r and her kind of have like a little bit of a relationship they like you know kind of like a big sister little sister moment like it's like mm-hmm. a cute little moment little moment and emphasis on that word moment because it lasts truly a moment. just as long as that a moment because <laughs> just as quickly as afia is like this cute little girl that's like kind of hanging out whatever she becomes evil um so mm-hmm. basically there's a day where Afia essentially like turned so there are these like local I guess children that like were sort of in the same area so she kind of like tr- so she turns them into in zombie which is are essentially kind of I guess kind of like a zombie like state like she's like, yeah. like just like a control over them like she like can manipulate them like puppets but they're you know still alive and stuff and at one point she like makes one of the little boys like cut off his thumb it's like a lot mm-hmm. of shit going on um, she can also like uh, I think she can read everyone's mind except for Ara's Mm-hmm. So she can like control their minds and like read everyone's minds. And so that's how she's able to turn people into zombie people. And yeah, along with the other hosts of overpower powers that Aphia has, but continue. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So she's just like, so Aphia's just kind of doing a lot. Like Ara's like, girl, you're kind of doing a lot. And like, Art, like she tries to like kill Ara at one point, but RT of all people saves Ara's life. And it's just like a lot of shit going on. Also, mm-hmm. Aphia could like, 
jump into time itself and like yeah, literally like a, just like yeah. manifest wherever the fuck. So she ends up going to Tamar and killing the Almighty One, just on a spree, just not giving a fuck. And at this right. point. Afia just like completely falls out of control. Like she just starts like mm-hmm. turning everybody into demons, including Nezi, one of the people who works like at I guess like in Ara's home and everything. And she just like starts like just like possessing everybody. Like mm-hmm. everybody becomes demons. Like she just like creates this like <laughs> army of demons. And if it sounds like I'm rushing this, I'm not because it literally was, in the book, yeah. like they were like, yeah, like Afia and Ara cuddled, and then like three pages later, they're like, yeah, so Afia <laughs> now has an army of demons. I'm like, wait, when the fuck? <laughs> so Afia kills the goddamn Almighty one now has an mm-hmm. army of demons i was flipping through the pages like damn this shit happened in faster than a motherfucking <laughs> like what the fuck she's <laughs> like what whole other book <laughs> right so it's literally so i was like okay so i guess now i have to stop the army of demons and afia my like almighty sister at this point so Ara does this like ancestral magic ceremony, which was actually really, really cool. I actually really like this scene where essentially mm-hmm. she brings back um, three of her ancestors. And so she's like, I'm going to need y'all to like help me like take down Afia. We need to kill Afia because at this point she got to go. She's mm-hmm. doing a lot. The world's ending. She's killing. Got to go. So they're like, yeah, girl, that's fine. So, <laughs> so <this laughs> they're like, yeah, girl. That's-. They're like, we were playing spades in the back, but yeah, no, we can help you. Like, we can take like literally. So basically, so at this point, it, it, on some true like anime tournament yep. arc shit, it's basically this battle royale that happens. <laughs> like you know, I wish <laughs> I wish I was bullshit. It's a battle between Aura and the three ancestors, and then on Afia's side, it's Afia, this like demon cat named <laughs> this demon cat named Mirka. She like made a demon cat a demon. Um, All right. Oh, sorry, a, a cat that wasn't a demon, a demon. So like the the cat Mirka, Afia, and then. Nezi, who she possessed to become a demon. Mm-hmm. So it's like this like 4v3 thing. It's like this whole battle royale. Ara almost does something, but basically fails in the end. And at this point, I'm like, Ara is just constantly kind of yeah, she's zero taking these eight. L's. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of a lot. So at this point, yeah. So so Ara, you know, fails again. Also is saved by RT again. And Ara's like, okay, my mama can't keep saving my life. Like, this is embarrassing. Like, girl, I gotta go. <laughs> so she's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna go back to Tamar and just, like, figure out my, my life. Like, girl, I don't know what's going on. So in the middle of the night, she ends up, like, sneaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, she kind of has, like, negative three-eighths of a plan. Like, she's just like, I'm gonna go to Tamar. <laughs> just, like, go through the fucking forest, uh, the desert, and just, like, find a way to Tamar, which was over, like, Mind you, they're separated by sea. So I'm like, yes. so, Ara, how are you going to cross the sea? And she's like, right. I'm sure the plot will do something convenient for me, which she wasn't <laughs> wrong. She, that actually did happen. So basically, she's going through the forest with um, her friend Tara, who doesn't really have that many speaking lines. Kind of would have loved to see her play a bigger role, but it's fine. Whatever. Mm. It's fine. They go through the uh, desert. Oh, yeah. They also like ran into Artie along the way, and it was like super awkward. Like uh, Artie's like, hey, where are you going? And Ara's like... <laughs> Ugh, escaping for my life and Artie's like oh you're not gonna stay behind and I was like yeah I'm just gonna leave it's a little <laughs> awkward and Artie's like oh like but are you she's like mm, I'm just gonna leave now. it was just like so it was so awkward but they make it to so before they can go to Tamar they have to go through Kefu again mind you Kefu's the place that they are with the demons everywhere and shit so they're in Kefu they run into Koray again the moon Arisha and at this point, like, there's, like, this whole demon battle. A bunch of demons show up, and, like, Corey and Ara and Tara kind of end up doing a thing or whatever. Come to find out that... So the weird part is... Okay, so this... this I So Ara asks Corey, hey, so um, is my grandmother coming? And Corey's like, yeah, girl, she's coming. 
Five minutes later, Corey's like, yeah, so remember five minutes ago when I said your grandmother's coming? Um, yeah, she actually, <laughs> actually died. Actually she's not coming. <laughs> she's like aggressively not coming. Not, not only is she not coming, but like all her little no friends, none of them are coming because they were all defeated by a fear. The ancestors also, are of- your little friends. <laughs> Right, and also all of their cause, again, cause or souls, like all of their cause are also absorbed into you now. So now you're basically the manifestation of both you and like six other motherfuckers at the same time. And Ara's like, um, and then all of a sudden she starts hearing the voices of her grandmother and all of the people. And I'm like, this is a lot. Because she also still has like demon magic. And then she just had a curse, although now she doesn't have the. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, what the fuck? So, anyway, so all this happens. And Corey's like, we have no time to explain anything. <laughs> so she like brings her friend Moron, her little play cousin who does the C Arisha shit. So Moron shows up. Who, mind you, well, Moron, if I, like, we're not, we didn't forget to bring up this person. He just right. literally never showed up until this very moment. So Moron, all of a sudden, is like, I'm going to take Tara, who's still there for some reason, and our aka her grandmother aka all her little friends <laughs> get on this little boat and they like go to Tamar right so they head back to Tamar and like Ara's like we're gonna save the world and figure out life also Rujek is low-key in Tamar so you know like Rujek like ah um also basically when they leave Afia ends up killing Kore the moon Arisha she like breaks her neck yeah and I'm like holy shit fuck well so anyway she's like Afia's like you do know where the demon king's soul is and Corey's like i actually magicked myself into forgetting and she's like oh i actually magicked myself into murdering you and you're like oh, well <laughs> basically <laughs> so Corey's down for the count mm-hmm. for now for now so meanwhile ara tore sorry not tore who the fuck is tore that's not a person ara <laughs> tara and moron go to tamar they get to Tamar. Um, mind you, Tamar is like fallen into chaos and despair. Yeah. Um, and Tara's like, yeah, girl, I think I'm going to just, you know, like go find my family, you know. Packs her bags. In the middle of this like, in the middle of this like demon takeover. And Aura's like, yeah, girl, that's fine. She's like, yeah, girl, that's fine. Like, do you want to see like, you? Bro. <laughs> I was like, Ara, you literally have the magic of six other motherfuckers. You got demon magic, all types of shit. Like, you got the Orishas on your side. Tara is the most... Tara has nothing. Tara has all her clothes. She might have, like, $15. Like, Tara is no... Tara barely has... We just gotta leave Tara... So Tara just kind of goes into the abyss, and we didn't, we literally never see, hear from her again. So I'm like, I hope she made it home. Like, did anyone? Like, did, can she at least know. text you? What she get anyway? I was like, <laughs> why did Tara just come along anyway? You know what? It's I fine. don't. So she leaves Tara. Tara just like goes off to the distance. Moron also just kind of like fades into the mist and, conveniently. And so Ara's like, oh, let me go to Rujek's house and see what's going on. Um. So she goes to Rujek's house, and like the guards are like, oh yeah, Rujek's not here. He like ran off to the north to like meet his betrothed i had to look up that word that means someone you're engaged to yeah so ara's like oh my god ruchek's engaged like i am devastated and i was like i mean i'm not gonna police your emotions right now but like i kind of just kind of feel like other things are happening right now like i feel like there's a lot of other things happening like, like i'm just like do we have time for this right now Ara? Do like i feel like we need to stop the demon takeover of of, of uh the world but um she's devastated you know what's happening it, it, we're here so at this point, she's like, okay, let me go to Majka's house. Who Majka is one of Ruchek's friends, right? Yeah, he's him and Kira are both gendars. Yes. So they're his friends, but also his bodyguards. And I think they all grew up together. Perfect. Yes. So mm-hmm. anyway, yes. Thank you for that. So yes, yeah, so R just goes there. So she, while she's at Majka's house, she runs into pretty much everyone. 
mm-hmm. like Majka, Kira, S9, and Sukar. And and again, S9 and Sukar are um Ara's really good friends from childhood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they have this whole reunion. It's like super, super cute. Um and basically during all of this, um, it's confirmed that so when they were like, Oh yeah, like your grandmother and all the witch doctors were killed that's that's the thing like everyone felt it it was like this huge thing that happened um and it's true and the, and and also too apparently Rujek didn't actually go to the north but instead went to the dark forest looking for Ara mm-hmm. based on the recommendation of someone named Tam yeah. who we'll talk about because Tam will yeah. come up later um so Ara's like wait so Rujek might still be alive but mind you the dark forest is the same place that RT was like oh yeah by the way like Rujek's gonna die in the dark forest so it's not looking good Mm-hmm. It was all looking great, but um, here we are. So yeah, that so, yeah. is where we are. So just to, <laughs> just to keep the keep there's the a whole going. other half. We're not even yeah, almost we're done. Not y'all. done yet. Okay, so just a little bit more background on what's happening tomorrow. Basically, mm-hmm. after Afia went and killed the old Almighty One, who had no screen time in the first half and had zero screen time in this half, <laughs> a new Almighty One took over. He's 16 years old, and he wants Afia to come into power for reasons. Probably because right. he's afraid he'll, he'll get God too. Probably, so, you should. Honestly, he like betrayed all of his family and everything. So people speculate that maybe Afia may be the unnamed Orisha, if you remember like way back at the beginning of the book there was like an Orisha that nobody could name but also like <laughs> was terrifying and like everyone's like what's that doing here and everyone's like shrugged shoulders we don't know so no, like this will clearly be a plot point later and everyone just kind of like nodded tacitly in agreement but um anyway. <laughs> right so then um, so eventually Ara does this ceremony to see Rudrek what is the ceremony I don't know a ceremony no idea and it turns out that, as you guess, yes, he is definitely in the dark forest where she is definitely not. And he's definitely being killed by some creatures named Cravens. And everyone is devastated. <laughs> and everyone's like, how did Arnie know this if the whole time she didn't have the power of prediction? And everyone's like, I mean, I don't know. Flip page, flip page. Let's keep going. So all <laughs> of a sudden... keep going, shit. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> over block convenience, Rujek is now just lying right outside of the temple. And everyone's like, <gasps> Rujek! And the same like, Rujik that was seen killed by a craven. That in, in, the the page yes. before Rujik is now just outside, outside. Majka's yes. house. Not just outside, just at my. Uh, oh, he's just fine. there. He was just lying just on there. the ground. He didn't walk there because he's not alive. But anyway, so then Marzi Ako, Otis the Pigeon, Perveen, and everyone is like, this mystery is really not adding up. But it doesn't matter because Rujek... Perveen literally came from Mumbai and was like, girl, y'all gotta stop. This is like, absurd. Come to, on, y'all. <laughs> y'all mystery needs to really be a mystery. But anyway, so Rujek <laughs> wakes up um, from this commentary, takes a breath into his lungs and says, hey guys, I'm alive. And everyone's like... <gasps> and he's like, Ramek, who... Um, is also Corey, the moon uh, Orisha's cousin, mm-hmm. resurrected me. And here's a little thing. Turns out that whole legend in the first half that Akko skipped because she didn't think it was important. And so you don't know what I'm talking about, but here it goes anyway. <laughs> there was this whole myth about how <laughs> Rujek's ancestors killed the Cravens and used their bones to make a protector spell. Well, it turns out that's not what happened. The Cravens actually killed Rujek's am- ancestors. Yep took their shape and came back yep. and had a bunch of kids. So mm-hmm. Rujek is actually part craven and can use anti-magic, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't know. What the <laughs> fuck is it? Who knows? It's just the, the antithesis of magic, I suppose. 
it's not oh God, into the system. what magic who could say hecka who, who knows demon magic we don't know but it is definitely definitely <laughs> antithetical <laughs> so then the whole team goes back to the temple where sukar's uncle shows up as an apparition no it's not <laughs> and tells them that the only way they can kill afia is to take some demon dagger that's hidden in some <gasps> temple somewhere and stab afia we don't know who sukar's uncle is we don't know how he knows this there's no reason to believe what he's saying is accurate and he's not just afia's one of afia's many demon hunch- henchmen oh and or a random individual but they're like yeah we yeah, yeah. barely know who sukar like, is we don't Shit. yes we barely know who sukar oh is but they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good idea. Let's listen to let's listen to that guy. And then they're like, oh, by the way, are oh there God. possibly any side effects of her? Oh, so first they're like, oh, Ara must be the one to hold the the knife. And everyone's like, why? And he's like, obviously, eats chips, eats chips. It's because she has demon <laughs> magic. Continues to eat chips, and everyone's like, um, okay, well, that's convenient, um, I guess. Mm. But also, is there any like possible side effects and he's like ah he's like now he's like flipping over his like meat on his like um cooking (laughs) oven that he's cooking he's like ah fine (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) he's like yes there are side effects of course she'll die and everyone's like oh yeah of course of course if she stabs him with the what (laughs) what and then i was like honestly y'all i probably have like 15 to 20 years left honestly after all this trading i've been doing so i only got like 100 pages left y'all so honestly y'all i mean come on (laughs) facts so she's like okay let's go find this dagger so rujek and ara i don't know why rujek comes along and no one else but i guess love or something (laughs) so they split up from the rest of the group and rujek irrelevantly reveals that tam their childhood friend who akko also didn't put in the summer because he also (laughs) wasn't relevant is actually (laughs) rebecca but at this point it like doesn't matter i mean i guess praveen and Otis the pigeon and akko and marcy are like (laughs) gasping but like at this point like the the pages are turning so quickly that you can barely see them (laughs) gasping so they leave their friends and they go so they decide like there's no time we need to go and defeat afia quickly and we can't bring our friends and we need to do it alone and that it is illogical it makes no sense it actually is a terrible idea since they've never been able to defeat her once but that's what they decided to do so and they, they literally left their friends in the just, land of demons tamar yep. is overtaken by demons and they're like yep we gotta go <laughs> and i'm like y'all just left your friends to the demons girl right what? anyway but um so they go to the woods i guess and they set up a camp and there's like a lot of sexual tension you know there's about to be a little bit of congress you know Ooh, um, come on congress <laughs> that's very thick so i was like okay let me leave and cool off and then so when she comes back she catches rujek having sex with afia who literally I'm- came out of the void to fuck oh my God. her sister's man. That is the story. She just came out of the void and slept with Rujek. And then, that is... <laughs> then disappears again. And Rujek is like... <gasps> and it feels like... And <laughs> Motherfucker, are you serious? Right. Like, so then he literally Rujek... couldn't tell them apart. Rujek is like, I didn't know it was not you, Ara. And she's like, you didn't know that the half-demon, half-human, time-space expanse void creature wasn't me? And then, honestly, you're like... I. Honestly, she might have shapeshifted, but the book also doesn't explain what exactly happened or how this happened and what the consequences will be because luckily her friends just show up because they're like, I think we need to be here for plot convenience. And Which, like, how the fuck did they know where they were? I have no idea. I have no idea. <gasps> oh also, my God. if Apia can just come out of the void at any given point, there's like no... 
there's there like she why does she just kill them like (laughs) this book could be over anyway the book doesn't answer this question so oh right well by the way after rujek and Aphia sleep together um ara and Aphia like start to throw hands and ara manages to land a strike on her and makes her bleed which gives them hope that okay maybe she can be defeated so then after that all the friends show up and they're like hey it feels like things are really tense hey how are things going and they're like i would explain it to you but we have no time because immediately they're overtaken by 50 (laughs) trained assassins which somehow (laughs) i feel like i'm I can't even. But somehow they managed to defeat because I, I guess in this world, teenagers, t- 16 to 17 year old teenagers will be able to defeat 50 trained assassins. Although in Naruto, they'd be doing stuff like that too. So then, Fair enough. then these five cravens just descend on the group like squad of like each one of them mm. of course has like a little like heroic intro where it's like i'm this person i'm this person i can do this and you're like who are you why are y'all <laughs> who here? the fuck are y'all? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like we're here what to fight that? on the side of the humans because something to do with rujek and anti-magic something something it doesn't matter so everyone is like okay i mean sounds good to me like might as well i mean we got <laughs> 50 pages left so let's just keep like, do going. we have a choice right do we have a choice so i guess they're just like walking in circles until the plot happens and eventually like, <laughs> and rujek sort of make out or something are they are and oh rujek God. make up and they're about to make out when suddenly they learn of course that his craven anti-magic and her bundle of magical powers that include demon magic and her ancestors and maybe some heck of magic who knows <laughs> are are they they repel each other so it's impossible for them to ever be together which you're like at this point i i guess man i guess girl i gotta say it how many times did rutek and ara hug or otherwise embrace yep. or touch one another throughout this entire book now yep. all of a sudden like well i guess it was because like he went to the forest and then I think like he, was yeah. resurrected as a craven okay yeah okay i think that's Actually, what it is you, you know what okay okay i think they awakened his craven powers but marcy your question sense. You make a good point because it would have helped if they explained what exactly a craven was and what exactly anti magic I literally meant. was thinking of crabs. I was like, oh, <laughs> crabs. I was like, Ruchek is half crab. <laughs> like, I was like, and who knows? I that might I don't, be I just, accurate. I'm, it's giving very much, it's giving aquatic, it's giving marine life. That's what I was thinking, but I, don't know, I have no idea what a craven is at all. <laughs> we could not say. So, anyway, they finally find the demon dagger and as ara touches it she has a flashback where she sees herself with the demon king whose name is daho and here Mm -hmm. we find out that actually in a past life she and the demon king were in love because she was the orisha named dima who fram the orisha of life and death removed the memories of and the name of so she is Mm. dima who was actually aka the unnamed orisha who fell in love with the Demon King? Yes, that's right, everyone. <gasps> Ara is the unnamed Orisha. So yep. the whole crew, including Ramek, a.k.a. Tam, show up because he's on their team now because reasons. And they decide Even though that- Tam technically was the one who, like, 
caused a lot of this chaos, but yeah, yes, right. He's yeah. the one who who woke up, um, old boy, Runejack. So they all get yeah. together. This 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 revelation. I guess no one else knows that demon are the same person. So they're all like, I guess we'll just like continue to I don't know do something. So they all mm-hmm. get together. Um, and they have like a they have a good old fashioned like anime style banter. They're like, oh, Aphia's coming with her demons, but we can take them. And then everyone's like, it, like. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, just real quick. So, just so everyone knows the cast of characters at this point, it's yes. Ara, Rujek, Kira, and Majek, who are um, Rujek's friends, Esna, yeah. and Sukar, who are Ara's friends, mm-hmm. the five Cravens. Which we're not even going to because why? Yeah, I know. And then um, t- Tam slash uh, Tam, aka Remek. Uh, right. What's his name? Remek. Right? right. So, I think in total, there's like what, like 12, 11 people here? Yeah, that's true and so everyone's like you know like ha 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 like I'm this person and I can do this and then like Sukar's like uh, like leans his glasses down and looks at everyone and he's like alright I think we're in for a fight and everyone's like we can take them <laughs> you know it's very this exaggerated this interesting right. 5,000 against 12 I like those odds it was very <laughs> giving that it was very much giving that and I was like why are you not terrified girl what <laughs> right these people are by the way not 18 they're all under the age of 18 so as they do their little anime introductions, of course, the void opens up and Aphia walks out as this villain, followed by Artie and O'Shea, who is still under the control of Artie's curse. <laughs> and this is about to be a showdown. So then while they're there, Ara and oh, Artie reaches out to Ara and is like, hey, give me the dagger. I know you took a lot of work to get that dagger. And I know I'm the one who birthed Aphia in the first place. And I know you have absolutely no reason to trust me whatsoever. And I know I still have a curse on your father. But give me the dagger. You should definitely <laughs> trust me with the dagger. And Ara's like, hmm, I don't know about this. That sounds like maybe it's a bad idea. And Artie's like, no, we don't have any time. Ari, you have to do it. So then Ara's like, okay, I guess. So she starts to hand her the dagger. And at this point, Aphia just kills her mom. She just yep. ends her life. Right which, in front of her. Uh, right. Which at this point releases Oshi from the spell he's been under. And Ara's about to run to him. She's like, yay, dad, I can see you again. And he's like, daughter, I love you. So Aphia's like, oh, what, happiness? Oh, let me just end that real fast. Kills <laughs> Oshi too. That's right. He gets freed from the curse on page 458, <laughs> and he dies on page 459. So Oshi is down <laughs> for the count. I think it was literally within three paragraphs of each other. Like, it was like, this. I'm pretty sure it was like, he was released on 458 and also died on 458. Like, it was like so <laughs> quick i was like it was so fast yes so now Artie is gone o'shea is gone so afia and ara are just about to throw hands because ara is like all right i guess we just got to do the do so now there's like a circle of them fighting and then around them are the demons and the cravens and remek and all the og crew and they're fighting and Mm. all of a sudden corey is alive and she comes down from the sky on a (laughs) beast because at this point why the hell not why not why not Corey just just literally resurrect from the dead with a beast okay girl sure and so everyone and then uh, Remax like haha you know my cousin and we're like do we do we know your cousin (laughs) I actually don't think we know her enough to 
I know that this would be this would happen. So finally, Aphia and Ara end up killing each other um, during their fight, and Ara ascends into the afterlife. At which point, we realize that she has been reborn a number of times throughout history, and every time she chooses to reincarnate so she can find the Demon King and set him free because she loves him, and every time Fram removes her memories. But this time, Fram is like, okay, no more resurrections. We're going to send you to the Great Cataclysm, which is basically like the undoing of people. You know, you get broken mm-hmm. down to your elemental forms and you're nothing or you're something new entirely, you know. And mm. Ara, a.k.a. Dima, a.k.a. the unnamed, is like, hmm, <laughs> hmm heard you, heard you. Sounds interesting, but no, I don't really want to. So she just descends back to earth fram is like oh no as she descends and then everyone's like in a huddle around Ara as she lies on the ground they're like is this the end for her not avia because nobody cares and they're like is this the end for her? <laughs> and avia is also dead so yeah. right right and then she like <gasps> breathes air into her body and they're like Ara's alive which okay so yeah so the group of um teenagers defeated thousands of demons and trained assassins and everyone's <laughs> pretty much unscathed and is fine <laughs> except for that the demons took the dagger that they needed to retrieve to be powerful again and the book ends with the demon king being like i will get my lover back we will be together again dun 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 yep and that, That's y'all, how it ends. <laughs> part two of Kingdom of Souls. <laughs> so we're gonna take a break because, um, honestly, because we need it. Because, come on, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the feelings and thoughts. Because, as y'all can imagine, it's plenty. So yes, so we'll see y'all in a bit. <laughs> back so yeah i hope y'all took a break i hope (laughs) y'all got a juicy juice girl like i hope y'all got a chance to just like meditate maybe because that was a lot um and now we're gonna talk about it so you know in our typical fashion we can just kind of give our overall thoughts and then kind of go into more of the nitty gritty love it so (laughs) this book y'all oh my god okay so as y'all could probably peep from the discussion, or rather from the plot summary, the pacing at the end, my God, it mm. was yeah. so much. Like, it was just getting to Kefu and then the switching of the villains yeah. all the time. Then the Demon King plot and, like, this whole room. Like, so much shit happened. Like, RT kind of just being killed on Sarah. Like, there so yeah. many things happened that it was literally, like... I've never read a book that like felt almost too fast. Like this book, yeah. I feel like the plot was way too fast at the end. Like I was just, like, it was a completely hard to keep up. The Cravens out of nowhere. I was like, the, <laughs> the trained assassins. I was like, this is so Who, where are these much. Where is even coming from? <laughs> like, where is any of this shit coming from? So, the pacing at the end definitely made it hard to kind of keep root of where the story was going i i Mm -hmm. I guess i felt like the story was going to go in a completely different direction like they really built up like rt's character so i was really thinking like oh my god rt's really gonna like it's gonna be this whole mother-daughter fight at the end like what's gonna happen and then like when afia was born i was like okay what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and yeah afia was the final boss but i figured that like 
it'd be more of an Afia slash RT thing, but it mm-hmm. just sort of became about Afia. And then it kind of just became about the Demon King slash the Orishas and like yeah. their whole backstory. We didn't really go into it, but basically it's by the end, it's very kind of unclear, I guess, who you can really call, I guess, the villain in, in that whole backstory. Because like, yeah, the Orishas, like, they're like, yeah, the demons are like awful, blah, blah, blah. But like, honestly, the Orishas aren't really better. No. Like the Orishas are actually pretty awful, honestly. Like, in fact, or rather, a point- I can- there's a point where someone points out that the Orisha just banished a bunch of people to Kefu who weren't doing anything. They just called them demons and banished all of them. So, like, the people who were like, yeah, Ara, you don't want to trade your life for this to remove this curse. They were just, like, farmers who'd been banished. And they're like, you can't trust right. the Orisha because they were like, we were just, like, farm people who now <laughs> live <clears throat> in demon Kefu land. Like, So, yeah, exactly. it is very unclear you know who who like in real life like there's no hero or villain there's just two sides right and the thing is with the demon king i will say i mean the demon king is not like innocuous i mean he literally just became obsessed with like eating as many cause as possible because he Mm -hmm. wanted to achieve immortality so he was like okay for me to be immortal i need to like eat everyone's souls so I guess that's why the Orishas were like, okay, we got to stop you. But the Orishas are also pretty awful. I will say they're generally, I would say, well, less evil, more so just like amoral. Like they, like I feel like the moral compass is one that like is just not really comprehensible. Like I'm just like, what? Are you, like it's like y'all just do kind of whatever, like, kind of like we were saying earlier, like this chaotic neutral. It just seems like they just kind of do whatever the fuck they want. Maybe, but and then also, humans are just kind of in the crossfire. Yeah, I think that's true. But also, like they're partially mad because. So Dima, who is a.k.a. Ara, a.k.a. the unnamed Arisha, fell mm. in love with Daho as he was... I, I don't know if they were humans or like a different race of humans. I don't know how. They could have been cravens. I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> Crustaceans? <laughs> like, girl, I don't know. <laughs> but they, they were basically like an old um, dynasty of humans who like got so advanced that they like learned how to fly and then they built wings for themselves. And then mm. Daho was part of that race. And so he crash lands and then Dima, one of the Orishas, falls in love with him, but realizes that he can't live forever unless you know, he eats cause. So then he ate eats right. the cause and becomes corrupted. And so this demon king is actually just a, a human who was influenced by the Orisha, which is why mm. the Orisha are so mad at Dima for her behavior. Um, um, but yeah, so it's not like the, the, really the Orishas <laughs> are responsible for pretty much everything that's happened in some pretty much or another. And and you know, so interesting. So so like we so like you know, like I said, the pacing a mess all mm-hmm. over the place. What <laughs> the yeah. lore? There's like so much going on. But at the same time, there are elements of this book that I really like. Like, you mm-hmm. know, with, with Kefu, for example, that time scheme, brilliant. I was mm-hmm. like, I love this idea of, like, being in a space where, like, time is, like, so malleable. Because I feel like that's real, in just, it's just in general. I, I feel like time is a very malleable concept. And it's something mm-hmm. that, like, when we try to, like, make it seem, like, ecstatic, I feel like we're doing it. Like, we're not giving, yeah, we're not giving ourselves the full comprehension of what time is. So I mm-hmm. loved that device. I loved, like, even, like, I mean, it was, like, a lot, but, like, I loved when, like, Aura died and resurrected and, like, w- the depiction of the afterlife and, like, the conversation with Fram, the ratio of, like, life and death and just, like, I don't know, the whole thing just felt very, like, psychedelic and just, like, 
really bay and just like kind of like celestial and like amazing i don't know like, yeah. they're just like these elements of the book or even just like in the fight scenes like how like whenever ara does call you know do her mystic art and call down magic like magic and all this other shit like mm-hmm. just it's those really descriptions cool. are just or it's just like really really cool so like it's one of those this is one of those books that i know i know just on paper based on like all of the like things that like ways that i could critique it and like you know we will get into all of that like I still really liked it. I don't know. Like, I agree after with the you. first part. I agree with you. After part one, I was like, I don't know if I like this book. By the end, I was like, the chaos, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I literally was like, this book is so chaotic, but I live and I yeah. cannot tell you why? why. I feel like just, I don't know, maybe it was just like the camaraderie, the the it's character. Like, I, I will say this. so creative. At the very beginning. What'd you say? It's so creative. It is it's so, so creative. creative. There is not, there is just so few books like this. Like, it's just the twist. That's what we say. We were not going to get the predi- look, uh, y'all. Nothing I do, was going to come true. <laughs> right? From what I, we thought. <laughs> zero of the things I do. The, the the story summaries. I write them, and usually I have a pretty good idea of what is a subplot, right? And who is a side character, and where the plot's going to go. I am telling you, when I got to the end of this, I was like, "Well, everything I wrote in the first <laughs> may be right. irrelevant because it takes so many turns that you weren't expecting, and it, they're brilliant turns, you know." Mm. Um, sorry, exactly. I cut, I cut you off, Marcy. No, you're totally fine. And it's just, it's so interesting because I will say this. I remember in part one, we mentioned something to the effect of the characters didn't feel, like the world didn't feel like as lived in. Like it felt like some of the dialogue felt a little too, almost like, I don't I guess you could say almost like grandiose. Like it just, it didn't feel like, like realistic discussions. And I would say by the end of the book, I mean, the, the circumstances were just so extreme. I'm like, I don't know how the fuck you write anyone realistically being in a situation <laughs> in like situation. this. But I will say it did feel, even with like the anime, like cheesy banter and stuff like that, something, there was a charm yeah. that developed. It developed a personality in a way that like, I feel like the character started to reflect some of the magic that was like just ever present throughout yes. the entire book. Like it felt like the setting was more interesting in part one and the characters felt more interesting in part, in two. part two. So I think that's what really brought it together for me. I was like, there's just a charm in how mm-hmm. I don't want to, I'm not going to say it's absurd. Like the book is, I mean, there are elements of it that are absurd, but I wouldn't say it's like a hilarious, like absurd novel or anything like that. But it's like, there's just something charming about just how ridiculous. I was like, <laughs> how is this? How are these your lives? Like these yeah. are your lives right now. Like that is wild. And like, despite it all they like stick together i know there's just something about it that was just so charming at the end that i was like i, I kind of live for this book high key and i know it's like it's kind of a mess but i like love it i don't know it's an like, adventure just... like you really are on. yes it is, it is like a roller coaster like you really are on for the ride like you just start and it keeps going and sometimes you're like wait mm-hmm. what and you're like no just keep going just keep going and you <laughs> just keep you get going. really i remember reading it and i was like sitting on my couch and i was like what in god's green earth is happening <laughs> but finally i was just like <laughs> i'll just like stop thinking just stop thinking so hard and just go along for the ride and when you do that it's really really fun in a way that i haven't read a book that made me just be like fuck it let me just see what happens in a long exactly and i really enjoyed that and also you're right the characters do become more tactile i think there's a lot more dialogue i think there was i wish there was even more but there's more dialogue with sukar and mashka and sni and there's more of a dynamic like at the point where they find that rujek is left with afia literally everybody in the group is like ah like yeah and he's like well you know and everyone's just like i mean just like but do we know though like and it's very you know it's just very lived in it's very real the characters are very humanized um i love afia i think she's a great i 
love her character. I think she's oh, a same. great villain. And same. Two chapters where she is her POV, and they're really good chapters. They're really interesting mm. and dark and terrifying, but also this like child scorned. You know, she she's technically, I guess, an adult, but like, I mean, really, uh, she has about twenty pages to become an adult in this of this <laughs> book. You know. Um, <laughs> And she's to watch this like mother daughter sister relationship, right? This, it, it just, I found her so fascinating to watch this person who's outside of th- this social, uh, you know, she didn't ask to be born as this like mm. half demon, half Hekka power. She didn't ask to be used for Artie's purposes. She didn't ask for Ara to hate her, you know? Um, right. And she has to navigate. She didn't ask for these powers, you know, like um, we like, okay. Like, we eat plants, you know, and like we don't feel bad about eating plants. Um, mm. And so, you know, you're asking someone who has this power to control people, who has this power to, resur- you know, to do all these things. And you're like, mm. well, you have to have the same moral compass as people who don't have that power. And you're like, there is no one with Aphia's powers to teach her how to use those powers in a responsible mm. manner. You know, she, there's almost a tragic thing. T- tragedy to her character she's so interesting what i wish would have happened in this book is like go back mm. to the beginning and put Aphia in the beginning of the book because there's a point for like five pages where Aphia and ahara get along <laughs> and i i think that should have been longer i think the the tension between Aphia and ara their love and also their simultaneously being pitted against each other because of their their mother's desire that should have been longer so that when they have to fight each other, it becomes a tragedy because there's so much love between the two of them. But because mm. it only, it you know, exactly. And then it would, you know, her sleeping with Rujak may have been like far more meaningful. You know what I mean? Whereas now you're just like, <laughs> who is Aphia? She just keeps popping in and out of the void because there's a right. scene, there's one scene where they're in Kefu and there's Aphia's in a room with a bunch of demons and they like want to eat Ara's soul, her ka or something. And Aphia's like, no, mm-hmm. you can't eat my sister's soul. And she like just protects her, you know, and it's such a creepy scene because it's like this eight year old girl commanding all these demons, but also for the love of her sister. Like, you know what I mean? There's something really mm. beautiful and creepy in that tension and I just wish we would right. have seen more of it so that when they come to blows, you feel the tragedy of their loss, you know? Yeah. I was actually thinking about this too. I feel like that, I agree with you. I think that would have been a brilliant alternative path of where the plot could have gone. But even if mm-hmm. like Effia was born at the same time, it, it would have been really interesting to have her character be one where like her ability to like transform people into demons was like involuntary. Like it just mm-hmm. was a thing that she couldn't control. It just happened. And like, even if, for example, there was a plot line where, say they still want to go to tomorrow and all of that, maybe at this point, Effia and, like, Art and, like, Ara were still, like, you know, really close and all of that. Effia still, like, aged really quickly and all of that. Maybe, like, they escape together. They want to escape from RT or something like that to, like, sever the plan. They're, like, and, you know, maybe, like, Effia meets, like, the group, blah, 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 blah. Like, she kind of becomes part of the yes. like, dynamic. And then just, like, slowly but surely, like, kind of, like, falls into these sort of, like, yes. evil like involuntary premonitions that she's like mm-hmm. bound to and like people realize that like oh it's like it's not even something that she like she just it's like 
this inevitable fall into chaos right. that she can't control. But at the same time, they like deeply want to love her at the same time. And so like, there's a tragedy that like is also added to it. I feel like that would have been like also really. Yeah. That's brilliant. Great. I just would, I would have loved it to see, to have seen Effia more in community. I think that's what I kind of wanted more from her character. Just so like, yeah. there was more of that relationship, more of that tie. So that, yeah, but like you said, when they did fight, it would have been more of like a damn, like girl, I don't even want to do this like at all. Right. But, like, I actually don't have a choice. Right. Like, at all. <laughs> exactly. It's either you or the Demon King resurrect and all of us are fucked. <laughs> yeah. So. I like yours too. I love this idea of her meeting the friends and them being camaraderie and then all of them have, it's very, you know, like Akira, that's kind of what happens. Like it's very, a loss of a friend is so much more painful. Um, yeah. So, I also, I don't know if it makes Ara, it makes sense that Ara, it makes sense that Ara is the unnamed, but I don't know if I love it. Like, me um, neither. It would make, to me, more sense if Aphia was the unnamed, but. Or Artie even. Or Artie, right. So much more like, sense. <laughs> why is Artie trying to bring back the Demon King in the first, I guess for revenge, but you're like, I guess, man, but that's a lot. Um, yeah, so that was. There is there are definitely some plot holes in the story. I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes I would turn the yeah. Like, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they were like Rujex b- b- betrothed, but also he's off in the dark forest. You're like, what? <laughs> Why? It was just like a really quick gag for like right. emotional pull. And I'm like, I'm like, y'all could have just as easily been like, yeah, Rujek left a long time ago. We actually have no idea where he is. Right. Like, we don't. It we been don't. Just we, have, we actually don't know. We don't know if he's alive or not. That would have been just as devastating. So mm-hmm. then when Ara eventually finds out he went to the dark forest, it's like, oh my god, no. You know, like right. This or- weird betrothal. What? It's just like, why do we need that? (laughs) It came out of nowhere and it had no consequence. And then, yeah, things with like the geographical space, I don't even understand where everything was located. I truly could not tell you. Um, they went to the temple like eight times at yes. the end. And I was like, bro, which? But it sounded like different, different temples. temples. I was like, wait, which <laughs> temple are y'all going? And honestly, to? even in our summary, like sometimes I was like, they went to a place because I'm not even really sure what place. Like, is the dagger honestly, in the same <laughs> temple as the town? Ta- I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. No fucking idea. <laughs> Maybe. And then, of course, again, if Avia can just appear out of the void, for a while you're just like reading the book and you're like, okay, but Avia could just appear at any time. And they're like, yeah, so where are you guys going? They're like, to fight her. And you're like, well, just wait a sec because she'll probably show up like and, and that's the thing and she did she did to sleep with Rujik and then just left and I was like yes. you could have just as easily at any point when y'all were like in transition or trying to get your shit together come mm-hmm. in bodied everybody and left like and why left. the wait to the end like I mean for plot comedians I guess to have a final fight fight scene but it was just like this right. doesn't make like or maybe it was like oh Effia can only transport as so many times or maybe like when Ara did that like hit on her when she like slept with Rujek like that like limited her abilities such that right. she couldn't teleport anymore something to give make it like okay this makes sense for her to like for there to be like kind of a lull or even in if their they interactions were, like, if he doesn't want to kill her sister and she's working up you know what I mean there should have been a dual mm. chapter where it's like she's working up the vitriol she needs to to kill this this woman who she loves her sister like then you mm-hmm. it would make sense that she shows up and like disappears because she just doesn't have the courage to end her life and that would have right. shown a deeper development of the character but they don't say anything they just she just shows up <laughs> yeah um yeah. i i do love that this like little black girl though i guess black teenager now can body the whole planet period bet i was like, bet. I was like this yes. and she's chaotic like i had that i had a lot of fun with um 
Oh, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. But it, I was I was living for that. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm still mad that she sleeps with Rujek, though. I, I'm not mad, but I just don't see the point. Like, it is very gotcha, but it just doesn't really give the character any... It doesn't give Afia any, like, what, why would she do that? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. I didn't like that either, because it just felt um, very, like... <sighs> I think this is just, like, a general critique for, for the second half, but, like, the romance between Rojek and Ara just took up way too much goddamn space yeah. and was to the point where it was actually irresponsible given the situation that they were in yeah, like i was thank like you. because y'all are so thirsty for each other you're literally abandoning your friend being reckless and like mm-hmm. actually putting others at risk because of your fuckery <laughs> like i need y'all to get your yes. shit together and like at the end of the day if, a, if an army of demons is coming after <laughs> your ass all of y'all need to stay together like why is thank anyone you. splitting up and being like oh we're just gonna run off the two of us are, are you lost your mind this is my case in the damn book i'd be looking at all y'all like what the fuck are y'all doing right now? are y'all serious right now like right. what <laughs> it would have been like and Akko and marcy just sitting there being like there are demons stop splitting up <laughs> stay together please stay together <laughs> do not base your formations on who you are most sexually attracted to <laughs> no Ara, it doesn't make sense for you to be next to rutek at all times during the battle that is absurd <laughs> do what makes the most sense for the guy like what zero sense <laughs> and, and it's and, like and i will say with afia it with Effia, it made it seem like, I don't know, the, I get the gotcha moment of her sleeping with Reject, but it just felt like it, it made their, it made their relationship about a boy. And I didn't like that. I, I, I was much more interested in just their individual interactions with one another and how they felt about each other. But now that it became about Reject, it was like this whole thing. It's like, it makes me think about the Bechtel test, right? Like, it's like this idea of like, you know, you mm. have interactions between women and like, to what extent do they have anything to do with like men around them? And I feel like I kind of preferred it when it was like, you know, they were just like, especially since Effia and Reject, there was no, there was no payout. There was no, no build up. It just like kind of happened and that was it. It was just yeah. like, if, if y'all are going to do this, make it consequential. Don't, it- Make exactly. it so like sudden and random, and then all of a sudden it's like this weird love triangle. Girl, who cares about that? Like it, Ara and Effie have plenty even, of reasons to be right minus adversarial, and it wasn't yeah. even a love triangle. Like Avia has absolutely <laughs> no love interest in this boy. It was just a gotcha right. moment, but there was like no consequence. There was no, there was no reason. Like it would be different if like Avia came. It would have made more sense if Avia showed up and turned Rujek into a demon. Um, right. or possessed him that would have made more sense it would have had more consequence it would have been especially in a book in which ara has to make choices that lead to real consequences in a way that you don't usually see in books in which she mm. actually loses over and over again it's really weird that rujek has this plot armor in which you're like what? <laughs> I, also i'm sorry i don't actually know what rujek's point in the book is and i might i'm, I'm gonna keep it a buck me neither <laughs> so, me neither be, yeah, like I might still be mad about this anti magic craven thing that I still don't think was explained, but I just don't <laughs> <laughs> watch through like some page where they explain it in depth and I just like skipped over it. But um There were also just like a lot of pages. This book was like five hundred pages. Y'all. Yeah, it was a lot of pages. But I, I just he doesn't he's the Vasir's son. Okay, like what is the Vasir anyway? Like the who what is this? It just by the second half of the book, a lot of the social structures the scenery breaks yeah i think that's a good way to put it you you said earlier marcy the scenery breaks down in the second half the characters get more get more fleshed out but the scenery basically dissolves and so that it's just characters in some place and none of the social structures of the politics or the power dynamics matter anymore 
Um, and, and and honestly, physically even, like, there were so yeah. many descriptions of, like, people being around, like, you know, tomorrow is bustling and all of that in part one. And then literally, it just feels like everyone who's not plot central doesn't exist. It's like either yeah. you're Rujek and friends or you're, like, part of Ethia's army or you're, like... Not there. Just, you know, just kind of fade into obscurity. Like, no one's even really mentioned, honestly. I mean, even yeah. O'Shea. O'Shea died just, like, like that. Like... Yeah. 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 It's just... I think... <clears throat> I think this book should this second this book should have been three books this book I agree. itself should have been three books and this should have been the trilogy yeah yeah i i agree and i will say i think that as far as some, some things i would have loved to have seen included as well you know i i feel like there were these moments where R really struggled with like having to kill and like you know being in battle and stuff like that, I would have really loved to have seen that explored more. Like, mm. just kind of her feelings of, like, guilt from having to just, I mean, just yeah. from murdering someone, but also, too, what that means about her relationship to her mom. I would have loved yeah. to have seen that kind of played with a bit more. They kind of touched on it, but it was like, I, I would have loved to have seen, I guess, more scenes of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, Ara as a protagonist, I did like that she was, like, deeply imperfect and, like, kind yeah. of all over the place and then Mm -hmm. like basically oh for like 800 at the end (laughs) and had this one moment of victory at the end it was nice kind of seeing her ascend in in that way i agree um definitely would have loved to seen their friends play more of a role like you know kira s9 machka and um sukar would have loved to seen them kind of like just yeah be a bit more plot central and not just in relation to her relationship with rujek but just like independently just kind of seeing them fleshed out Mm -hmm. a bit a bit more um i did want to ask like a quick question um <sighs> so resurrection mm-hmm. i know it's a thing shows up or whatever but i kind of feel like if someone dies they should just die like let them just <laughs> in die. the story <laughs> like yeah. it's just like and like, i don't want to sound like crass but it's like i feel like sometimes it takes away the stakes Mm-hmm. of a You're situation right. if you just kill someone off just to like immediately bring them back it's kind of like Which they okay did, well what was the point they like they might have stayed alive the whole time like they also did that twice it's not just once right Rujek died Ara died and came back actually hell Korra died and came back granted she's an Orisha but you're right it does lower yeah. the stakes if all of a sudden someone dies but then later in the book they come down on a flying beast and save the day exactly and it's resurrection and- Oh, sorry. No, no, keep going, keep going. I'm sorry. I was going to say, some resurrection plots work, right? And that's reference Dragon Ball Z again. But then again, this is as over the top as Dragon Ball Z. So here we go. <laughs> um, there, There is resurrection in that that anime. But you know, the really interesting thing about it is that you actually do have to do something. You have to get seven Dragon Balls. You have to wish people back. And canonically in the first couple of sagas you can only wish someone back to life once it's not like you can just keep doing it forever Mm. and there are consequences right so that's a way to do a resurrection which there are stakes in this story it kind of just seems like (laughs) you change Mm -hmm. your life now you get some demon magic then you take away the demon magic then you resurrect you know there's just a lot of impermanency to death which is a little bit as you're saying it can take away from the plot yeah and also too in a world that's so fantastical how amazing would it have been to have had like spectral allies on the battlefield i think about, oh um, yeah deathless divide a lot and how like jackson's character died at the very beginning oh spoiler i guess whatever anyway so jackson died <laughs> at the beginning of the book but throughout the book he becomes like 
Uh, like he's like a ghost and he like, mm-hmm. you know, talks to Jane and like offers counsel and like honestly is just kind of trolling and like being annoying, but like <laughs> plays a role. I would have loved to have seen maybe like even if Ruchek did die in the dark forest, like how what does it mean for like their relationship? I don't know, maybe there's some like dream sequences where they like, you know, the memory of him is still very alive or like right. there's just like these kind of like I don't know, I feel like you could have played with or that he idea of like, in Orisha and he was like, you know what I mean? There's just different Yeah, like I feel like planes. we could have done something with that. That could have mm-hmm. been really beautiful or even just like the reckoning of like that mint and like kind of like that i mean i'm not always like oh like you should kill someone off just to like add motivation but like mm-hmm. i mean it, it works <laughs> like i feel like also too like you know i think yeah we could have like done something magical there that really made rujik's character more specific and interesting um yeah. and even with r at the end we could have done the same thing but, i agree yeah i agree she kind of just comes yeah. back to life as just a person and and i really really find the orisha demon king storyline really interesting actually i love that there's a whole different fight happening like you were saying marcy but humans are just caught in the middle right there's a mm-hmm. a recursive reiterative I was listening to our, one of our older episodes and I realized I used to say iterative a lot and then I stopped for a while. I guess I like traded it in for like transcendentalism or something. But uh, <laughs> or You can only use one. Just you can only use one. one. But we're back. So like I like this reiterative <laughs> rebirth, right? And this fight that's mm-hmm. going on for generations. It feels a little bit like... I, I feel like we're seeing this a lot like in She of the Mountain in the death of Vivek OG, this sort of rebirth and reimagining and, and us as a continuation of things before and in life mm. as a as a story that rhymes a poem that continues um mm. and that stuff is really cool and i i really love seeing that and i like to see, i i will i would like to see where that goes in yeah. the next books or so um but it's just just the pacing, man. <laughs> just the pacing. Yeah, the, it's really the pacing. And also, <laughs> explain. Just tell. I'm sorry. Tell me what a craven is. Tell me what anti. What is a craven? <laughs> I still do not know. <laughs> I so. just this book. I am, and again, critiques aside, yeah, I still recommend for it. I do. I just. I would love to see it, was, it as a movie. Oh, same. This would be one yeah. hell of a movie, of a one movie. hell of a video game. Could you mm-hmm. imagine? Oh, my God. It would be really yeah. fun. It would be really fun. Yeah, you're right, Marcy. Like, criticisms aside, I still really liked this book. <laughs> yeah. It made me happy. I was excited. Um, so. Agreed. Agreed. And like you said, the creativity, like, it's just so deeply creative that mm-hmm. I'm like, it's so creative and chaotic and just, like, messy but charming. There's just something about it. Something... Yeah, Rena this could be an anime. This could be an anime. It could very much that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we don't have any quotes, so sorry. Yeah. Guys. Well. So. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you had a quote, or if you want to do an anime adaptation of a Kingdom of Souls, I was about to say Grace of Kings, which this is not. Although there's lots of <laughs> similar elements of magic and such. But if you didn't Grace of Kings also have cravens or like starting with a K, the Krubens? Some... They had some fish. Krubens. That's, that's probably why you thought it was. Um, oh, that makes sense. I was like, yeah. why am I thinking about the sea? I'm thinking about Red Lobster. That's why <laughs> Grace of Kings. I blame Ken Lu. It's, it's his fault. <laughs> okay, um, I'm sorry. And there also, that, well, that book also has gods, right, who are messing with people and influencing things. Okay, if you want to do a comparative literature analysis <laughs> of Kingdom of Souls and Grace of Kings, add us at the colored pages on Twitter or Instagram at these colored pages. 
also we so we have a link tree and it will tell you what books we're reading next season but not next season really they'll tell you what we're reading for the summer because we're not <laughs> at the next season yet and you can also email us if you're like Akko this transition was not as great as your other ones at these color pages at gmail.com and we have a website did you know that we had one it's called these color pages.com so go there see what we're up to um not don't forget that we have updated our summer reading list so if you want to know what we're reading and what's coming up just check out our link tree and check out the show notes yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah we're doing a lot of new shit this summer, some a lot of shit that we've never mm-hmm. really done before, both in genres, types of me, like uh, types of literature. So like, get hype! It's very, it's gonna be really interesting. I'll just say that. Yep. So yes. Also on top of that, if this show brought you any love, light, delight, mm, please leave us some love wherever you are listening to this podcast, which yeah. could be Apple Podcasts or not. So just let us know. And also, too, if you like this episode, if you know someone in your life who's like, you know what this person needs? Kingdom of Souls Part 2. You know what this person (laughs) needs? A fucking chaotic-ass fantasy novel. Like, send this to them if if it brought you any joy. We definitely love to see that. It definitely helps our community to become just, yes, more, more supportive of one another. And we, we love to see it. We love to see it. And we do appreciate all of you for listening. It's so fun making this show. So, yeah, it thank is. you all for being a part of this journey. This has been really, really dope. <laughs> um, also, our next book will be called Ambrosia. It's mm. the trans-masculine and non-binary erotic comic anthology. So we're breaking into some erotica. Yeah. Get we'll hyped. Get excited. Because... Um, I am so like so yeah so that's what we'll be talking about next. But between now and then, Akko, is there anything else that we should leave our listeners with before we head out? Um, no, I think until we see y'all next time, just remember to stay, stay colorful. colorful.